Welcome back to the Brooklyn Poets Yopcast for July 12th, 2021, featuring poet Rosebud Benoni leading our workshop and kicking off the open mic. I am your host and MC once again, Jason Koo. The Brooklyn Poets Yop is a monthly poetry workshop and open mic formerly held at 61 Local in Cobble Hill. We've been hosting the Yop virtually during the pandemic and uh, we're going to be doing this until we find another venue. This month's open mic lineup featured Stella Lee, Cassidy Gabriel, Shane Wagner, Hannah Donovan, Harvey Sauce, Bridget Duffy, Todd Friedman, Morgan Boyle, Aishvarya Aurora, Surendria Rao, Yana Kane, Danielle Gasparo, Jasmine T.G., Shanice Hughes-Greenberg, Jahan Sanai Worthy, Arthur Russell, Faye Lee, Samantha Marin, Jordan E. Franklin, and last but not least, Jay Eason, our beloved office manager. So, let's get right to the action, the Brooklyn Poets Yop Open Mic for July. Enjoy. Okay, folks, we are back for the start of the Yop Open Mic for July. Uh, hope you've been able to uh, get a snack or something, fresh or drink. I did both. I ate a handful of potato chips and uh, refilled my glass of wine. Uh, my wife and I are going to, to Paris next week, and uh, I'm wondering if chips and wine are a, th- a thing they do in Paris. Probably not. <laughs> but, uh, I'm going to try it there anyway. Um, a couple of announcements before we begin the open mic, especially if you're new to the YAWP open mic format. Uh, and I, th- I know we have a few first time readers tonight. Uh, every month we vote for Poem of the Month. Uh, and the way to do that is to text my uh, Brooklyn Fo- Poets phone that I almost never check anymore. So in case you've texted me or called me at that number, uh, that's why I haven't responded. But uh, I always turn it on the night we do the op. Uh, text 718-374-1953. Do this at the end of the night after everyone has read. And just give me the poet's name. Uh, we're going to screen share the text of the poem so you'll see everyone's name and we'll review everything at the end. Uh, just give me the poet's name and uh, that will be casting your vote. And uh, if you want to vote for yourself, you can if you are reading tonight. 718-374-1953. The 12 winners of Poem of the Month over the course of the year face off uh, in December at our awards gala uh, for uh, Poem of the Year honors. And that is also by audience vote. Uh, we also record the open mic every month uh, that we publish as a podcast called the Yopcast. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to that yet, we encourage you to do so and uh, rate us five stars. That'd be great. Uh, it helps more people find the open mic uh, for sure. Um, sorry, Danielle apparently needed to be made a panelist. So Jay, if you could send Danielle another panelist uh, invite, apparently it disappeared. Um, yes. Did I just make, yeah, I just made the announcement about the podcast. Yes. Oh, and if you, if you are reading tonight and don't want to be in the podcast, you don't have to be, uh, maybe the poem is private for some reason. You can just tell me, email me or text me and I can take you off the recording when I edit it. 
Um, every poet tonight is reading uh, one poem, three minutes max, uh, except for our featured reader, who is Rosebud Benoni, who will be reading uh, right at the start of the open mic. She's going to read for about half an hour. I'm just kidding, but <laughs> be funny if she did. Uh, just took over the event. Uh, but Rosebud is going to be reading, I believe, some poems from her brand new book, uh, which just came out with Alice James. Uh, it's a very exciting book, so I will turn it over to her. Hi, everyone. I'm actually just going to be reading one poem from my book. Um, so this this poem that I chose to read to you tonight is sort of the turning point in um, If This Is BHV and Discovery. Um, in it, the speaker is experiencing the falling apart of frameworks. Um, I was diagnosed with a very serious autoimmune condition that affects my brain, my spine, and basically my left side. And I was having to navigate my body um, and mobility issues, vision issues, and things like that. Um, and at the time when this was going on, um, there was a lot of problems on the border. So my mother is Mexican, and we have family on both sides of Mexico and Estados United States. I almost went into Spanish, <laughs> my brain. Um, and so the, the, the times that I was visiting the border to, um, to see them, um, I kept running into the same TSA agent um, who kept asking me the same questions. So on my mother's side, I'm, I'm Latinx, and then on my father's side, I'm Jewish. So they noticed that I'd been traveling in the Middle East quite a bit, and so they were asking me questions, what were you doing in the Middle East all these years ago? Um, so it was a really strange time for me to sort of be navigating, um, you know, my health condition, my family. And um, anyway, this poem is for the TSA agent. There's also a bit of an, another thing I should bring up. Um, I've also been seeing, and I know it's real, a vampire bunny. So no one believes me in, in my neurologist and my doctor, but I see this vampire bunny and I'm convinced he is real. Um, he plays a, a, a large role in the book. Um, and yeah, there's a vampire bunny made of uh, subatomic particles in this poem. This is called Poet Wrestling with Her Own Aloneness in Its Time of Need. She's going the distance. One day soon, there will be no more science fiction. One day. Everything we imagine is real, though not everything is. A storm gathering in the middle of nowhere, it just feels like I can't say. I don't worry about the state of imagination. I crisscross and wrestle my way toward overwhelmed airplane, and I worry about the states of our imaginations, which is to say I'm trying and striving and hugging invisible turns when I worry airport security, who's turning on my laptop and telling me I'm randomly selected for additional screening which means I worry you, the same TSA agent who's asking yet again what I was doing in the Middle East over a decade ago. You ask as if we never met, yet know my whole history. I want to believe everything is real after all. And is that the trade-off, the residual cost for understanding what we say 
is human. History, I worry. We remember only to use what we can against each other. And I worry greatly what would happen in an airport if I just didn't wait anymore to go off course with the vampire bunny hidden in my carry-on. Yes, a most vampiric and life-munching I'm carrying, even if he's mostly tachons with fangs of squarks and smuons, all of which decay too quickly in super symmetry, all of which violate your laws of everything that's allowed to be real. But you'll never find him, my TSA darling, who's still holding me by the arm as if worried. Who's the one really on the run and who will approach agency? In this small airport on the border where you claim the only flight was canceled due to storms, somewhere beyond control, somewhere a connection I have to make. And I'm tired of waiting for you to give clearance to the eye of my immortal beloved who waits for no one, my little crazed and bloodless fury with too many sleptons and too much heart sick churning and burning in the middle of nowhere with electro lepis caress on gravel rabbit course, how we defy everything you once were in monster bunny force. Thank you. Okay, thanks very much, Rosebud. Uh, amazing work as always. Um, I didn't know about the vampire bunny. We've never talked about the vampire bunny, so I'm glad I found out about the vampire bunny tonight. Um, I have to ask, did you ever read that book, Benicula, when you were a kid? Everyone talks to me about this <laughs> Benicula, and I he like impaled vegetables or something, and it's friends with a cat, and you know, my vampiric, very different from yours. Yeah, my vampiric bunny is chasing me. I'm not a a carrot. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, I mean, do I look maybe, like a stalk of celery? Maybe he sees you as a carrot. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, your vampire bunny is is much much more lethal, I think. <laughs> uh, but I remember loving that book as a kid, so uh, it's a good association. Um, okay, thanks very much. <laughs> we are on to uh, Stella Lee, who we just heard from at the, uh, <laughs> the Master of the 15-Minute Palm Sleigh. How's it going, Stella? I'm good. I'm okay. Recovering from surgery, so I'm a little banged up. Um, so here we go. Joy is the color yellow. How does my voice sound in the small hours? Rhyme and reason flee because you beat vibrations between my scalp. This pulsing wrecks my mind over and over again. Repeat, rewind, remember. How my skull kissed my brain while you shook my neck back and forth to the rhythm of your anger. How I no longer wanted to argue how does my voice sound in the small hours? Larynx hoarse, 
skin purpling, nerves perking, hairs raised. This gurgle in my throat still remembers how walls hold cold and windows can never be covered. Doors cannot shield violence, only enable. Lightlessness feels safer, but eyes can still see in darkness. How does my voice sound in the small hours when there are only three windows? Light can't reach the middle rooms. Darkness lingers, trapped air in our bedroom. Running is close to falling. Kissing the ground feels better than your touch. You drag me across the house. My hair mops up blood and glass. How does my voice sound when I finally tell you no? Push away far enough to run. Break away from your hot, callous hands. I wanted to see scars across your face. My sadness styled around your forehead. How does my voice sound in the small hours? I want to grow spikes in my ankles, one on my neck to pierce your hand, one on my chest to lance you back, one on both palms to spit your eyes, penetrate you with tears circling your mouth, make everything taste gray. Leave small incisions in your heel, ankle, wrist. How does my voice sound in the small hours? It tells a story. How I wanted to mark you, break you in small pieces, places. The tree branches break, the cracks in the window build ice portraits, and my skin explodes into millions of quills. Your words caught, torn before they reach my heart, your hands bloody before you touch. Yes, I want to have quills, want to remember how it felt to walk from the front of the apartment to the back, leave the street behind me, lose my eyes on the garbage piled in the backyard. There were flowers in the spring, white and yellow flowers, pushing past tattered plastic bags and cloudy water bottles, green between ashy, white plastic, living things between black scuffed garbage bags and fallen branches. Wow, Stella, that was, uh, that was amazing. Uh, honestly, even for, for you, that was um, devastating, absolutely devastating. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, what a way to start. Um, yeah, how does my voice sound in the small hours? Uh, it's a great thing to repeat. Um, you, so you said you had surgery? Doing yeah, I had foot surgery, so I'm kind of in a funky position. So I, that's why my <laughs> video keeps on going off. Okay. Well, yeah, don't, don't, don't walk too much. Can you, but can you move around? Yes. Oh, I don't know if you heard me. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Oh, I was just saying, can you still move around? Uh, n like very poorly. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, red bedridden. Okay. Well, you can still write poems. So you can. <laughs> 
Oh, oh wow. Thank you, Stella. Uh, magisterial poem. Okay. Uh, Stella was a former Yaw Poem of the Month winner, and we're on to another Yaw Poem of the Month winner, Cassidy Gabriel. How's it going, Cassidy? Pretty good. How are you, Jason? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Awesome. Okay. Um, all right. It's so hard to follow Stella. Stella, that was amazing. Um, this is called an offering. Of late, I think of this black woman body as an archive, a vessel of accountability, of spirit reaching to cradle time upon upturned palms, a ledger, a sight bearing generational truths, being written to be written, already written, already to write to become abundance of this bodily black woman existence, which we are called to bear, witness to testify, body in which we breathe, lungs of this labor of the morning. Can we locate the source? This is an invitation. This is an incantation. This is an offering, is a memory, is a birth, is a garden for you, black woman, be held by sisters and sing this body, electric breathing into the quiet, most suffered parts of this black woman body, corporeal portal bending toward you, delighting backward in time and skyward, upstream toward free, toward held, toward mm, toward kingdom come, toward leading moons and waxing suns, toward you, black woman, toward you, toward you. Thank you, Thanks. Cassidy. Thanks so much. Uh, I love that we can see this on the screen share because the, the form of it is beautiful. Uh, I don't think any of us would have guessed it unfolded quite like this on the page if we had just heard it. Uh, wonderful ending. Towards you, towards you. Um, so thank you. Uh, this just makes me think in case any of you are wondering if we're going to do the op in person again. <laughs> <laughs> we hope to, <laughs> but our longtime venue partner, 621 Local, I think has closed. Uh, at least they're not returning my emails. So uh, we're working on it. Uh, but in the meantime, those of you that don't live in New York City can enjoy these uh, yops that we'll continue to do virtually until uh, we find uh, a venue. Uh, and hopefully, even when we do, we'll be able to, to stream them. We'll see, uh, you know, the, the pandemic has, has changed how we look at our audience for all of our events. So uh, more to come. Uh, thanks again, Cassidy. Our next poet uh, is another former Yacht Poem of the Month winner, I think from a, a year or two ago, Shane Wagner. It's like a all-star lineup so far. This is called February 2021. After a long season anxious about the country and the world, I feel a slight relaxation. My thoughts turn home. The cactus we rescued, the cactus we rescued from our neighbor's trash last summer is feeling comfortable enough to produce lewd fuchsia blossoms from the tips of its dull green leaves. Even the icicles seem more willing to hang. It was cold this morning, but I was warm, feeding my son, having my breakfast with him. 
He gagged, maybe his oatmeal a bit stickier than usual. I'm always afraid that once his gag reflex is engaged, he will empty his stomach. I made a quick move or sound, I don't remember which, a trick I'd learned. Distract him for a second, and we might avoid a big mess. Trying as it is, I think of the saying, God only gives us what we can handle. I think of the father, not much taller than his daughter, chasing her at the special needs picnic. She didn't seem angry, violent without intention. Embarrassment and pride, he desired to control her, to protect her, to protect those around her. He ran after her and with a bear hug, held her with all his strength, whispering in her ear. A challenge he seemed up to, but only just, wondering how long he could hold on. For more than 20 years, I have feared my son's death while at the same time worrying about what would happen to him if he outlived me. Every day seems another step closer to one outcome or the other, wondering how long we can hold on, never wishing for any of this, only trying to make it through one more day. Thank you, Shane. Beautiful poem, uh, heartbreaking poem, but also heart-filling poem. Uh, heartbreaking is such a, I'm not sure it's an adequate word sometimes. Uh, but, and you've shared poems about your son before, yes? That uh, we've loved. So thank you again. Thank you. Uh, another beautiful one. Um, oh, this open mic so far, it's like the workshop. One poem at Rosebud's still crying. Uh, she's gonna have to turn her camera off pretty soon. Um, okay, next up we've got uh, Hannah Donovan. Another yacht poem of the month winner. <laughs> this was not planned, I assure you. Um, how are you, Hannah? I'm well. How are you? Good. Uh, go for it. All right. Um, this is called Scene. For Cooper. You looked so pretty in your dress, I cried. A simple cotton, a tiered bell silhouette. You stood up on your kitchen chair so I could see the full view in the FaceTime screen. Your childhood smile shone for the first time, and every bad thing softened, then smiled back. I imagined you in the Nordstrom rack alone fingering the florals and silks. Oh, to have been there with you among the dressing room disaster of a small town outlet store, sitting on the fluff-leaking ottoman, admiring your shoulders holding sleeves. You said you'd never felt so seen as the day you marched with your hair half back, tight hoop earring glinting gold through the city streets, pride flags waving, your film rolls spent. Lingering looks from the boys made you sheepish. You allowed the schoolgirl crush to ignite. Later that night, you drove your truck back through the gentle dark while you sang joy in gasps. It sounded like sobs. It meant freedom. Thank you. Thank you, Hannah. Uh, another beautiful poem. Um, wow, such a great tone in this poem. Uh, the gentleness of it. 
all these yup <laughs> month winners <laughs> like one after another um uh i didn't it just didn't occur to me when i, I put together the lineup but uh wow it's, what a treat for all of us tonight thank you hannah uh next up the legendary harvey sauce who curates the Artful Dodgers Poetry open mic at the historic Montauk Club in Park Slope. Harvey, <laughs> you've got yourself unmiked, un unmuted for the first time ever. I did. Without me I having did. to ask. I'm learning. I'm not too old to learn. <laughs> um, Makes me excited. I Go should, I, just, just, just to um, uh, take, take uh, Jason's introduction uh, just a bit further. I would just note that uh, I've been hosting uh, virtual readings, usually every third Saturday, uh, until the venue that uh, that I usually hosted at the Historic Montauk Club opens again uh, for on-site readings, which I hope will happen in September. I posted uh, uh, a link to the registration page for Eventbrite for our next event which is going to be this coming Saturday at four o'clock. You're all invited. Um, just a couple of words on the poem I'm gonna read. Uh, some of you are too young to have experienced or, or perhaps have knowledge of what was referred to as the dirty war in Argentina, uh, which occurred during the 1970s, uh, at which time uh, a military junta basically made uh, its opponents disappear. They were abetted by death squads that went around literally knocking on doors, taking people they were never heard from again. Uh, shortly thereafter, in around 1976 or 77, uh, of a, a number of groups, often of, uh, of uh, grieving mothers, uh, were formed to, uh, to demand, basically, uh, information with respect to their, their children. Uh, one of these, the most prominent of these, was called Mothers of the Plaza de Mayo, uh, who met on Thursdays uh, for silent vigils. This is called The Disappeared of Argentina. Comes that dirty war knock on your door to tell you that when the alarm clock has clapped its last castanet, there will be one less place to be set for breakfast, one more pile of tostadas or medialunas going untouched. Neighbors will confirm this has all happened before. If not to them, then to someone you know, one of Los Desaparecidos, your usual fourth for bridge in need of replacement. Some mother's son who, like yours, hadn't passed the loyalty test. Later, you will be informed that your house first came under suspicion because its garage was left-leaning and not right. Its shutters didn't hang with that military precision the junta prescribes. Loose Spanish roof tiles advocating for a limitless view like pink flamingos poised for flight. Survivors croissants cold now crowd around the breakfast nook. The air trembles where a man should be. In the rear of a black Mariah, polished dental tools extract confessions, connections, all within earshot of Thursday's sidewalk vigil of the dispossessed, placard toting mothers of the Plaza de Mayo, windows rolled up to muffle his screams. Thank you, Harvey. That's an intense poem. Uh, thank you. Uh, 
Man, did you just write this? Did I just write that? Oh, recently? Uh, yeah, recently. In the last, I'd say, month, the final version of it was finished this past week. Just a, a, a line or two that was altered. Okay. I'm glad we got to hear it tonight. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, soon your virtual Montauk Club background will no longer be virtual. Well, I hope that'll be the case. Uh, you know, when <laughs> instead of being two-dimensional, it'll be three-dimensional. Um, and maybe we can bring in a couple of additional dimensions. Why not? <laughs> okay. Thanks, Harvey. Sure. Our next reader tonight is... I. I can't remember if you also won your poem of the month, Bridget. <laughs> I feel like you have. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Bridget Duffy. Hi. Um, this is Song for Infinite Blue. It's made of stone that wishes it were marble, faux Grecian columns, and an intimidating number of stairs. You climb them hungrily and push through its revolving door, breathing in dust and formaldehyde and lavender. This is a museum of our things. In the main hall, there are the bones of the great beasts, the last of which laid down and died before the years were named. Each beast has a sign, estimating when it still had flesh and noting the day we took it out of the ground. Their permanent toothy grins say, welcome, welcome to the stillness here. You step through a dark archway and then quietly around beautiful people in bronze, a statue of a woman with an improbably long neck, a statue wearing a mustache. It reminds you vaguely of presidents, a statue in a clinging gown on the back of something that resembles a horse and a statue of you. On your way to the next place, you pass a wall of every kind of shoe we have ever worn and a machine that for a quarter will press you a little prehistoric creature out of hot wax. Over here, we've set up a bench for you to sit and contemplate quiet, grainy footage of people in long skirts walking jerkily through an enormous white stone city. In the adjoining room, we have that city. You pace its narrow streets in silence until you reach the dioramas of hollowed out animals a water bison, an opossum, a jackalope. A lion's marble eyes glint wickedly at a woolly goatish creature so strangely shaped you're sure the taxidermist never saw it in life. You pass by an exhibit on women named Jennifer, but pause to enjoy an artificial house where you can pretend to grind corn and a special traveling show where they've got every kiss your mother gave you. It smells just the way she smelled, followed by a dark sloped hallway lined with faceless figures in wonderful clothes, communion suits, imperial silks, buckskin jackets, the dress your middle school crush wore to the Sadie Hawkins dance. You come to the hall of dead birds. You dream of purple and saline and the scent of camphor trees. You come to the monument to all of your single-use peppercorn grinders. You dream of library books and the sizzling heat of a supermarket parking lot in summer. 
The next dim corridor seems to go on forever, broken up only by the odd display case inviting you to save our oceans or look at a cicada shell from the summer you were 12. Still you press forward until you come to a room with a great gray whale. In the whale room, you dream of nothing at all. Oh, thank you, Bridget. <laughs> that was incredible. Um, sorry, I gotta go back. <laughs> Song for Infinite Blue. Wow, what an original poem. This seems to create its own landscape. Uh, Thank you. And have a a sort of Moby Dickian ending. <laughs> so I guess it's a gray whale rather than a white whale. Uh, the whale room. Huh? I thought a white whale would be far too referential. Yeah, no, it's good that it was. I also have definitely not read Moby Dick and I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, no one would have known that. <laughs> um, great stuff. All of your single-use peppercorn grinders. <laughs> Uh, amazing poem as always Bridget thank you our next reader another amazing poet uh, hails from Sunset Park where he keeps the fort down some, some of the Sunset Park poets Laurie have left Sunset Park like like Laura Eve Engel but Friedman is still there how you doing Todd I'm doing all right <laughs> just wrote this in uh the correspondence workshop I just nice. I see you got the Brooklyn Poets theme going on. I love uh -huh. it. <laughs> Go for it. One Brooklyn poet to another. I greet you at the beginning of a great career from Emerson's letter to Whitman after Whitman sent him a copy of the first leaves of grass in 1855. I think of you often, Walt. One Brooklyn poet to another as I try to make my entry onto the scene, how you planted your own reviews in the papers, the original self-promoter. Imagine if you'd had an Instagram account and the chutzpah you had to take Emerson's quote and slap it on the spine of your second edition without even asking permission. I wonder if you workshopped any of your long lines or if they just came thundering out of the gate. Emerson said you must have had a long foreground somewhere for such a start. We don't know what that was, Walt. You told us to look under our boot soles if we wanted to find you. But that just brings me closer to the city's canines while form letters from editors keep coming in. I place them in a box next to my desk. They're there when I want to pour out the platitudes or bequeath them to the open air. Great stuff, Todd. <laughs> Classic Brooklyn poem. You said you wrote this in Simone's epistolary class? Uh-huh. Yeah. Great stuff. Thank yeah, you. If, uh, if Whitman had an Instagram account, uh, you'd <laughs> definitely be running wild. Um, yeah, what a what a what a bold poet taken. Uh, first of all, it's amazing that uh, Emerson said this uh let's recognize Let, let's recognize the genius of emerson <laughs> he it's not as if it was obvious to people that whitman was a great poet in fact most people thought he was a lunatic <laughs> did not think what he wrote was poetry but uh emerson you know saw this poem and you know was was amazed by it and recognized its uh 
originality and its genius and wrote this to Whitman. And then Whitman <laughs> took this and put it on the second edition, published the very next year. Um, that is a badass move, um, but also totally disgusting. <laughs> but uh, we can appreciate it now. Emerson was not happy. Um, uh, great stuff. Thank you, Todd. Thank you. I always love to, to think about these Whitman Emerson stories. Our next poet, another Yacht Poem of the Month winner. I feel like Morgan's been winning Yacht Poem of the Month every month this year. Uh, it seems that way. Morgan Boyle, how are you living? Hello, I'm living really well. All right, good yeah. to hear. Yeah. Go for it. Uh, summertime yearning on the bottom of my grocery list. Yowza, I live to yearn, I yearn to live. Who am I kidding? Living is yearning and yearning is living. My life is a forest of tall, warm sweets and I can't see for the pines. Gonna pine, pine my stupid little soul into the grave, rolling all over, too much rolling. Joni Mitchell's this flight tonight on repeat, filling the inboxes of everyone I ever flew from. Can't write it sweet like Joni, but sometimes it feels like we're yearning together. I am writing this poem on the express train. We are heading uptown so fast and skipping the absolute bejesus out of these stops. 59th to 125th in one big speedy swallow. And I'm not out here to write you love letters about the subway. Too much to say about the trains. I will not type it out in text. I take the swallow, I gulp down my tired words. The express train is moving. I am moving. The train is moving around me and I am moving within it. Instead of sending you 10 texts of trains, I say nothing at all. It's been one week since we were in your shower and it was hot. Hot, so hot the strip mall clock towers were melting. Pools of plastic on the mown lawn. Love to see the man-made materials pool like that. Sticky and nasty and I stood above it and thought about you. Come down from my moonwalk on the longest day of the year. Nobody's holding my hands down here. No pizza pie eyes and fingers curling round mine. Not that I should be missing you. Said you were good. I wasn't lying. Babies can't go lying on the moon. Today I go to work and the light begins to wane. It's too symbolic to be real, too corny not to mention. You're space-wise and the days grow ever darker. Jesus, but I'm in a whole mood today. Too much caffeine and there's never enough trash cans underground. Grinding teeth, needing to pee, but this isn't what you want to hear about. Back to yearning. I know too much about you. One week long look and I've seen the years of you. And you've only glanced through my digital windows, windows I open when I see something good. You've allowed me to exist out here. I'm building my own fucking narrative. You only saw me while I slept and God, even that was just pretend. This is all a balancing act of power grabs and I didn't get off the train and we're blowing past my stop now. Can't get enough of the express. Baby, I gotta slow down. Baby, I work off the local. Baby, the train is tired and quitting early and heading to the storage yard. Baby, I'm only ever gonna call you baby in poems. And today it's good. It's good that you're so far away. Miles and miles and states on states because today my hair is filthy as sin. And you're the only person I know who's running to run their hands through it. Sometimes I don't trust you. Tell me you still want to run your hands through it, no matter how grimy I get. 
That was vulnerability and that was enough. Stop staring at the trees, take in the forest, cut it down, make paper, write poems, regrow the forest, repeat, yearn, yearn, yearn throughout. Take a few showers, skip a few showers. No one ever said you had to be dirty or clean. I get less lonely with a second pair of hands to wash my back, yearn for them even. Have you seen my shoulders? They're double jointed. There's no inch of my body my hands can't touch and that's true power. The good stuff. Okay. <laughs> Great as usual. It's uh, I don't know. It's like a it's like a linguistic party every every month. These <laughs> poems. I get less lonely with a second pair of hands to wash my back. Uh, great line. Yearn, yearn, yearn throughout. That almost sounds like a band. Uh, what is that? It reminds me of like the yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> yearn, yearn, yearn throughout. You'd form your own band called yearn, yearn throughout. Uh, okay thanks very much morgan thank you um our next poet won your poem of the month last month uh the, the roll call continues of poem of the month winners aishvarya aurora from our mentorship program this year how's it going aishvarya it's great i'm glad these are still digital because i'm not in new york so yeah you all <laughs> All right. Uh, well, but you're from Queens, so you're you're with us in yeah. spirit. <laughs> <laughs> and you're in like Brooklyn East, which is East Hampton. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what people call it. I'll get that going. <laughs> All right, go for it. America's funniest home videos, 2001-2021. The TV glows with Tom Berger on. For him, years of select American moments are sent to a Hollywood, California P.O. Box address. Someone is paid to gather and roll the tapes, someone else to stitch and sequence the footage. Tom comments as the clips play. He gasps as baseballs fly, groans when they hit the crotch. He gets to tisk at chocolate covers babies caught in obvious lies. Is Tom paid because the right quip puts the right laugh in motion? After the studio audience goes wild, the studio audience votes on the worth, on the moment's worth. Prize money. How strange. Nothing is done for the love of the game. One could say Tom's job is joy, but I'm not that stupid. Watching from the floor in front of the TV in Queens, Papa likes it all the same. I watch him from two spots. As the child me, this life is commonplace to her. Magic of the crowd coming together to elide the miscellaneous moments, to make a juice that is all happenstance moments, juice that is all we had a good laugh together. Papa's laugh is her favorite door. It opens for footage of people and dog falls, for other animals acting like humans, acting clumsy for spouse shot video of adults laughing in their sleep. The door is closed when he works and he is always working. This me sees AFV as Papa's mindfulness practice, how he takes the wider lens when peace is dispersed. He must believe enough peace can be gathered across a lifetime, even if the moments of peace never meet each other. Peace comes and goes, 
a crashing crested thing that reels back and retreats drawn by some force in the sky. Peace has never been an open ocean. This me rearranges the scene allegiant to anything that will make the light fall right. I try, Bapa is on the floor like a mug, a cup that only feels it has purpose at certain times of day. I try, Bapa is on the floor like a book full of words nobody has read yet. I try, Bapa is on the floor like a bean, something dried with hopes to be cooked soft later. I try, Bapa is on the floor like an island in a blue expanse, all green, no myth. This me wants to make, wants to stop Tom, hurt Tom, freeze each video on the grimace before the laugh, make Tom watch hours of incomplete pranks and falls. He won't ever get to know if it'll be okay. Give Bapa Tom's job. Tom, give me all the shots of Bapa's good life instead. I want to see them. I want to know the tape is long. I want to know what will be the slip that stops. Thanks. Wow, thank you. <laughs> uh, I would say you might win Poem Month again, but, but you just won. Um, so it's, it's impossible to win twice in one year, uh, but if it was possible, <laughs> you might just do it. Uh, amazing poem. Uh, man, I especially yeah. love this, this third stanza paragraph. It's all the papa lines italicized. Okay. Um, I'm just, I don't really have words tonight for these poems. <laughs> they've, they've all been really great. And uh, here, here is yet another poem of the month winner. <laughs> it's Serendria Rao. Hi, Jason. How's it going, Sir Andrea? Good, good. How are you? Good. Uh, go for it. Uh, yeah, so this is actually a newish poem that I wrote, uh, I guess, last week after July 4th, um, American Pilgrimage. The air rings out with hope, like a hungry dog collar clanging against an empty bowl. My anxious father shoes away a panhandler. We are going to see the Liberty Bell. The weathered man looks hollowed, dead-ass broke, like the bell, like our old Udupi temple where priests denied Kanaka Dasa admittance for weeks. His prayers shook earth, cracking a wall, and God turned west to face that shepherd saint. We all line up at Liberty Bell Center to glimpse the nation's busted, silenced relic, an iron begging bowl turned upside down. Beautiful stuff. Um, and uh, I, I recognize the iambic pentameter too. <laughs> Another sonnet. I think I read a sonnet last time. So this yeah. is a painter. Yeah. Well, that last line really rings out. An iron begging bowl turned upside down. Well done. Uh, iambic pentameter lives. <laughs> Andrea Rao's voice. Um, Thank you, Jason. Yeah, the Liberty Bell. Uh, I think AWP's in Philadelphia next year, yeah? <laughs> People are already talking about that conference next year. Poets looking to gather at the hotel bar of AWP and say stupid things while they get drunk. That's an American tradition. Next up, we have uh, Yana Kane, another brilliant poet. How's it going, Yana? Hi, well, first of all, thank you. Um, 
so um, I think in May, uh, one of the participants at, um, at YOP was uh, Dean Shabner. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. And he read a poem, Gulls Overhead, that really made an impression on me. So I, uh, I wrote a poem that's uh, inspired by his poem. And I used this epigraph lines from that poem that he read, which was overhead gulls fly bodily in air blue as imagination. So my po poem is called The Houdini Kit. Rolling up the poem line by line, I stow it in my Houdini kit. The tiny tools I carry concealed on my person. I know, sooner or later fate will come up yet again with some inventive bind that seems escape-proof. Contorted, motionless, left in the windowless cell, I will hear the implacable click, click, click of the triple lock. Then, staring up at the buzzing, flickering fluorescent bulbs, I will extract from memory's secret pockets the gulls, the blue air. I will draw a breath infused with the sea. I will loosen, lengthen the muscles, start slipping the bonds. Beautiful poem. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I got to see if I can email Dean. <laughs> I don't think uh, I've ever seen that before. Uh, someone reading at the Yop open mic who uh, wrote a poem inspired by somebody else's poem at the open mic. Um, maybe it's happened, but I don't think it's ever happened before. So it's a first. Uh, it's a beautiful gesture, Yana, and I'm glad that Dean's poem inspired your own. Uh, I'm sure he'd be happy to see this. Okay, so we're on, I think, <laughs> finally to some, some poets that are debuting tonight. We just had like one, one just, uh, you know, like the Opa Alster after another, but uh, hopefully the, these new poets don't, don't feel intimidated. You shouldn't because uh, every newcomer usually kills it anyway. Oh. And uh, Danielle, your, your bio certainly speaks for itself. So uh, oh. welcome to the Yopo. Thank you. Uh, you. You brought the right poem with the. Uh, <laughs> yes, a nod to Todd, I guess, kind of a kindred spirit tonight. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. So thank you so much. It's just a thrill and a joy to be uh, entering into this beautiful world that you've created, Jason and everyone. I'm honored. Okay. Walt Whitman practices holding up a New York deli. You, grab that tiny crate of clementines. You, hand me that deodorant. No, make it a tomato. Yes, that oblong, slightly rotted one. And while you're at it, dip your notions of hope into that sabra hummus. Behold, camarados, take off your clothes, have a seat. Let's talk of moles. Everything is headline news when you think you are about to be dead. Come on, people, cool it. Remain calm. 
Compose your soul before you do or do not die. Let's sweep the nation into that dime store dustpan and speak only of dreams while we still can, of ants, moles, cracks in the sidewalk, in faces. There is one in everything. Listen, nobody make a peep. To the roof, let's go. Bring your multitudes, we're not coming back. You there with the pungent pits, I beseech thee, king, undrape. And you there, there is air among us, a you, impotent, loose in the knees. Open your scarfed chops till I blow grit within you. Spread your palms and lift the flaps of your pockets. I am not to be denied. Step forward. That's right. Everyone, look alive. Adams, strangers in boots, look as alive as you can, and nobody gets hurt. Ah, oh, great ending. <laughs> it's a very uh, Whitmanian threat. Looks alive. I feel like I'm gonna maybe try this on my students in the fall. <laughs> oh, look as alive as you can, and nobody gets hurt. I mean, That's all I ask. Just look maybe alive. I need a T-shirt. I got some merch. Virtual yeah, ones, no? yeah, that would be a good T-shirt. <laughs> uh, I love you there. With the Thank you. I, I, it was fun to collaborate with him. There was there was a few lines in there. I, sh- I felt like maybe I should say there's just a few lines in there that were actually his. So it would oh, feel yeah. wrong of me to not. That's that's fine. Acknowledge, but <laughs> yeah, no, we know. Uh, but they work, and uh, you know, women did the same. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Jason. Love you. I love you there with pungent pits, I beseech thee, King. <laughs> thank you very much, uh, Danielle. Thank you, thank you. Sorry to cough. I'm going to mute myself. I cough again. Uh, we have another Yop Day viewer, uh, Jasmine TG, if I'm saying that, that right. All right. So this is called Warmer. I choose to believe that between pink and green, I'm always caught in between, sad. The grass is always greener, why? Since junior year, I found that there was this twisting burning where the perineum at Amsterdam Avenue. I genuinely thought that I could get away with more that night, but no, I kissed him goodnight and said I would probably see him never. I swear I genuinely didn't know what I needed and that's okay. If only he had known that my innards were not quite right yet. Gosh, I could have just laid my hands all over his artwork and the prickly remnants of adolescence on his chest plate. Now I'm with a butch and that's okay, but I definitely long for a sideburn that extends a little bit longer. I choose to believe that my cycling is something about everything. No, that I wanna be filled with everything, that I wanna be filled with her. Gosh, the way that one car links to two. Wow, if only I had known that he was the right kind of stubble. Three, the way that they found a sort of hip crease while I kissed between their septum and their binder where Madewell and Calvin and Dollar Store tampons etched a sense of ease into me between the rock and the New Jersey greenery. No, my pussy, your fingers, our heart sweat. Okay, thanks very much, Jasmine. Great poem. Yeah. Uh, it's like a lyric vault of electricity. Uh, if only he had known that my innards were not quite right yet. It's a great line. Uh, and uh, I love the word heart sweat at the end. Uh, thank you very much. And great glasses, by the way. Uh, I meant to mention that earlier during the workshop. Uh, all right. Uh, 
so we're we're back to former Yacht Poem of the Year month winners, Janice Hughes Greenberg, uh, also a former Broken Poets fellow. Uh, how you doing, Shanice? I am doing really well. I feel like it's been a minute, so I'm glad. Nice. Glad to be here. Glad to be yeah. here in such amazing work. Glad to have you back. Go for it. To the man who said shorty to me, on the southeast corner of Troy and Atlantic Avenues in the late morning drizzle, while the sidewalk grew slick and overcast spread gray, thank you for seeing me. I am not outside for anyone's entertainment, nor did I ask for comments on my body. Today dressed to avoid these interactions, but you chose to keep it moving, your words landing between our short distance and the mask covering your face. I have been here before, meaning my body has had things said to it, for it, near it, about it, but it never asked for those words. You chose to keep it moving, an acknowledgement, a greeting, two people crossing the sidewalk into their lives. Maybe there was more in your meaning, a desire behind your vocals, but I choose to believe it different. The way skin, skin folk exchange nods from the stoop, good mornings, good evenings, have a blessed day, sister. Maybe it was greeting disguised as morning proclamation. Here comes Shorty, let us praise her, let us behold her, and let her be on her way. Thank you. Great poem, uh, <laughs> great ending as uh, I think as Shorty has said. Um, feels actually affirmative of humanity and interactions. Good to see yeah, that. Yeah, based, based, on a, based on a true story. Yeah, good to know. Yeah, it feels like a true story. I'm glad, glad it happened. Um, and I, I like your interpretation of it. Um, okay, thanks very much, Shanice. We are on to, I think we have another Yop debuter. Um, so correct me if I'm saying your name wrong, because we got to get it right for the podcast. Is it Jahan Sinai Worthy? Yes, you got it right. That's exactly right. Jahan Sinai Worthy? Yes. It's amazing. I feel good about myself. Welcome. <laughs> Go for it. Thank you for having me. Um, this is called De Chanel. He loved red, but I saw blue behind his eyes that matched. And in those eyes, I fell after many years of friendship, time spent Changed from that of quarreling kids bickering in the back seat of a school bus to grown-ups engaged in restaurant romance. He pulls out my chair, a surprising chivalrous gesture from a rugged woodsman I never expected. Jasmine candles lit in the middle of the table to set the mood. Chocolate, nutmeg, and mint catering to our taste buds after we've eaten our meal. His lips I soon love to kiss, skin against skin, his with hints of sandalwood and frankincense. Games played on windy days by the tennis courts to my love's arms wrapped around me every night. Unveiling love spoken with each embrace, don't leave me, each demanded. Stay with me forever, each embrace commanded. Memories of which left me so in love years after I severed us. Each hug comfortably secure and steadfast, though comfortably honest, but pained with fear of abandonment. 
never provided shield from his anger that lingered more powerfully than potent patchouli plants and viscous laden lingering in your nose after you've sniffed it. Though comfortably warm and snug, couldn't protect me from his tongue that ripped as violently as one of those episodes that threw him from his bed those few nights he was alone. Maybe those awful words were reasons his tongue was sore when he awoke, disguised as the physical and mental sickness he dealt with by not being able to get off the drug. I told him no man-made or earthly remedy could cure his torment and rage trauma-informed like a persistent stinging caused by lemon or grapefruit dripping on a cut, the way ginger persists on your, on your tongue and the inside of your cheeks. Trauma doesn't go until you have dealt with all of it. Making nutmeg, chamomile, and cedar tea to calm his nerves, velvet vetiver oil through his hair touches to let him know he's not alone. He saw red, then I felt blue, his anger never ceased. On the street, feet to feet, scuffling with strangers, broken car windows, his arms that held me comfortably went straight through glass. Later, that night I catered to his bleeding hands. Though hugs were still comfortably secure, though comfortably warm and snug, and pained with fear and abandonment, never provided shield from his anger that lingered like velvet vetiver down my throat. Stuck there, even now, and though his words came from his mouth, they swelled mine, suffocating me like when I've eaten fruit from a pink pepper tree. Can't we go back to being quarreling kids, back in the school bus, bickering, games played on windy days by the tennis courts, laughing and teasing before we were us. Memories of which left me so in love, years after, uh, memories of which left me so in love, years after I severed us. But with those memories, emotions, a carousel, I am left with each time he saw red when I smelled blue. Deschanel. Thank you, Johanna. That was beautiful. Thank you. Uh, wow, what an emotional rush. Um, I like the way you read it, too. You read it a little fast, which I think was appropriate. Um, originally published in P.S. I Love You. That's a great name. Is that a journal? Yes, it's a publication on um, on media. It's a great name for a journal. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a movie name too, is it not? <laughs> nice. Well, it's a, I think it's the right journal for this poem. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, I hope you keep coming back. That was wonderful. Okay. Uh, we I think are getting close to the end. It's 9.06. Uh, <laughs> another Yacht Poem of the Month winner, Poem of the Year winner, Yopper of the Year winner. All the awards. Hi, Jason. Sitting in a real auditorium or a virtual auditorium? No, it's a real auditorium up in uh, the Blue Ridge Mountains. I'm at a retreat. Oh, nice. A poetry retreat? It's a bunch of writers, including fiction writers. So it's a writer. But it's all writers. How dare you mingle with other fiction writers? It's really hard, I'll tell you that. But um, I pretend. Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, this, this poem uh, started out as a Facebook uh, post that was uh, accompanied by a picture of the old sponge and the new sponge. <clears throat> it's in three parts. It's called the New Sponge Trilogy. One. New Sponge Day Facebook post accompanied by photos. New Sponge Day is one of those half holidays celebrated in the home without a lot of fanfare. We remember Sponge's past, reminisce about mom's handy wipes, and our dad's telling us, don't throw the old one out, I'll take it down to the shop. Then the inaugural sink and counter wipe, the stiff springiness of new cellulose, 
the stray thought about the blue dye they put in these things, and all those other decisions we make about when enough is enough. We look at the outgoing sponge with a surprising amount of regret, as if we'd breached some duty, betrayed a trust we undertook when we brought it home. And then, after letting the old one shrink like a mushroom, we take it down to the shop, to the cabinet above the slop sink, where my daughter will find it, and dozens more, some stacked neatly and some tumbling sideways in the ossuary of contingent necessity. Part two, reply to Janet Colstein, who commented, just think of it as a hotel with 50 million guests. Room service? This is Hydrostaphylococcus and Cranny 4957234. Can you send up some plate scrapings? Whatever's wet. My great-great-great-great-grandmother stayed in this very sponge cranny 20 minutes ago. So my, my sister, well, actually, as the product of binary fission, my mother-daughter was up on the sponge scrubbing surface. <laughs> yeah, the dark blue part. And she says the views are just outstanding. She says she saw Arthur Russell. No, not the avant-garde cellist, the lawyer from Nutley, New Jersey, standing over the sink eating a fried egg sandwich. <laughs> yeah, divorced. Anyway, can't talk, gotta split. Part three. Cindy, my high school class of 74 and Facebook friend, privately messages me. Artie, when my mom saw you in Sing and then as director of the senior show, Damn Yankees, and playing Grandpa Martin Vanderhoff and You Can't Take It With You, she actually asked me, what about that Arthur Russell? He seems interesting. And I told her, you were a clown, a flirt, a hummingbird, a hummingbird with an albatross around its neck. This long-term, unrequited crush you had on Leslie Gawlin? Everybody. We weren't even close. The whole school knew she was into drugs, and her older brother sold LSD from a unicycle on the front steps of the school. How could anybody get close to you? Flash forward 50 years, when last year I saw the post, you got divorced. And then last month I saw your post at Leslie. You called her your lifelong friend has died of liver cancer. And I thought, my God, this guy. I even wanted to tell my mother. Can you imagine that? My mother passed away six years ago. And now this cockamamie thing about the sponges, very funny, Artie Russell. But I have to say, let him go, Artie. Just let him go. Great stuff, Arthur. Thank you. This <laughs> is a really original poem. Uh, I love the turn at the end. I mean, it gets very grave. But uh, <laughs> what sponges? What <laughs> a sponge trilogy! Is that what it's called? Uh, new sponge. The new sorry, new sponge trilogy. As if there was an old one. And I'm pretty sure this is the first sponge trilogy. <laughs> The entire history of humankind. I hope it is. Yeah, I'd be really disappointed if there was pretty one. Pretty sure. 
I feel like I've read a lot of poems at this point in my life. I've never read a poem about a sponge, <laughs> let alone a trilogy. Yeah, but you know, ever since you turned me on to uh, Cooper, uh, I realized that Cooper could do a so yeah, you know, William Cooper who wrote the the sofa. Oh yeah. <laughs> you turned me on to him, and now I realized <laughs> everything's up for grabs. Yeah, that's true. Wow, I haven't thought about that in a long time. Yeah, there's a great, if those of you that know, don't know, there's a great long poem about a sofa. Six <laughs> volumes, six <laughs> volumes. Written in the 19th century, or sorry, the 18th century, I think. Yeah. So anyway, uh, thank you very much, everybody. Thank you, Jason. Thanks, Arthur. Uh, I hope those fiction writers are appreciating this. <laughs> fiction writers, let's not just talk. Bye-bye. <laughs> All right, uh, next poet is a former Brooklyn poet student of mine, brilliant poet. Got some more Brooklyn stuff for us, Faye Lee. Hi, Jason. How you doing? Good, thank you. It's good to see you again. Good to see you again, too. All right, go for it, Fulton Street. Um, Fulton Street, Brooklyn, one. Fulton Street is the Milky Way of Northern Brooklyn. If you walk all the way to the west, Across the East River, you arrive at outer space called Manhattan. Three blocks between Nordstrand Avenue and Kingston Avenue, as infinite as Miranda's bottles, others you can paint over and over your whole life. They center on the star swamps in a constellation of 21 hair and air salons, seven delis, five 99 cents, 99 cent stores, three hardware shops, and two fish markets. During the day, the sunlight penetrates the stores from burning the space between exterior and interior like a kaleidoscope. Some ghosts occupying new luxury buildings decide to act some counterforce to the street, like the dark molecular clouds blocking the view, releasing energy to power the black holes around them. Whenever you need to drill a hole on the wall or to stretch the canvas or to build a shelf for your mask collections or whenever hear back from the super for repairing your stove. The hardware store on the Nostrand Avenue side is the place to go. If you bring your broken easel, the storeman will spend hours trying to figure out what happened to it. You may end up paying 50 cents for a pack of screws if you insist on paying the tape, he will be very upset. I wouldn't do it for the money. If you grab a packing tape from before you go to the post office next door, he will remind you again and again. Don't forget it there. It's good quality and you should use it again. 25 years ago, your uncle said exactly the same thing about the glasses you chose when he took you to the optical store for your first pair. On the inside, the dollar mart is the Oran, the brightest constellation, the wonderland. The rosy section by the door waits at you for the sake of Valentine's Day. Little heart-shaped stickers say, love me, be loved, be my true love, or you felt my heart. Soft are smiling on the light Elizabeth sleep sleepers. Flamingo kissing each other on Kalmai crayons. Unicorn dreaming on radium magenta candy pinks. Oh, pink, 
such an enchanting but dangerous color. It has been put into an invented category of superficiality. For decades, you see people avoiding pink, even the princess, or you have to wait for heroes' rescues. But now you just want a pair of sarai socks with hammers and drills from the hardware store, and walk home to sit to fix your stove. Thank you, Faye.、Uh, Thank you. It's a great New York City poem. It's a great Brooklyn poem. Ah,、oh, really captures everything so well.、Uh, I'm just gonna go back and review it, like I like to do. <laughs> Uh, I've never thought about Manhattan as outer space, but that seems to be the perfect description of <laughs> that particular area of the universe.、Um, flamingos kissing each other in carmine crayons. Unicorns dreaming in radiant magenta candy tins. Some poetry right there. Rod,、uh, thank you, Faye. Thank you so much. We are on. Another Brooklyn poet student of mine. I feel like this. You would think this lineup was curated. <laughs> I assure you, it was pretty much just done in the order I received the signups. Samantha Mara, how are you living? I'm doing good.、Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing good too.、Um, Face poem reminded me a little bit of your poems.、Uh, so、uh, I, I think you guys go well together. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're in conversation.、So. Yeah. Um. So this poem starts and ends at Piarco International Airport, which is the international airport in Trinidad. Piarco International Airport. As we descend the stairs, Uncle stands across the tarmac, waiting with worried eyes. Wettish ones, like how my own must have glistened this morning, shuffling into my parents' bedroom, seeking comfort, and my mother with just enough energy to cover her grief like a hangman's hood, and my father wrapped around her, tethered together under the covers, drowning in what mommy always told them: death is only a long sleep. The incantation covering like a lace mantilla. Weaving between still fingers, a rosary of strong pawpaw seed and pigeon peas, and lingering on her lips through days of sleepwalking, through the arrangements with the mortician, the travel agent, the school, through dreaming up the prettiest nighties for mommy, pink and blue, from Filene's, to add to already full luggage, not forgetting the Swiss Miss powder, peanut butter, and tuna fish for her girls, for a long journey home. Punctuated by vomiting into white paper bags, as her oldest watches, unsure what to do, and her youngest watches, unsure what is happening, and ending late with a dark, rainy, seasoned walk across the runway to meet her brother, and start nine nights meditating on what is home when the heart that made it so stops. Thank you. Thank you. Brilliant poem. Uh, I remember this poem. You wrote this in one of my workshops, did you know? Did yeah, yeah. You started reading it. I was like, I I know this poem. <laughs> Let's、mm-hmm. make sure I wasn't imagining that. No, no. But、uh, you've revised it a little, I think. Yes. Hmm. Seems even stronger than it was before. Um, great stuff. Is this a Was this was the one sentence poem assignment? I think it was the one <laughs> sentence poem. 
one. Yeah, I yeah. think that was the um, assignment. Yeah, because yeah, that one's wow. intense. I don't know if all of you noticed that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> the poem is all one sentence. So even uh, more boss than you might have thought. Hearing it. <laughs> all right. Uh, great poem as usual, Sam. Thank you. Uh, we are getting close to the end. Jordan E. Franklin is not only a uh, former Yacht Poem of the Month winner, but uh, just read for the Brooklyn Post reading series and uh, has a new book out and another one coming. Jordan, how's it going? Hi, I'm good. Thank you for having me. Um, this poem I wrote in Emily Skilling's workshop. Um, it's called Broken, Te Broken Tesla Coil, as after the Nikola Tesla compulsion. Some days he'll ask you for a gun. Some days you're naive enough to hope that your ink won't conjure him up anymore. How bitter a weight he sits in your head. Some days the thought of him will leave you empty of tears, guilt, laughter, poor rotten apple of his eye. Someday you'll wake up and there won't be his weight over you. Some days he'll ask you for a gun, daughter of a gun, soldier man. They'll say you're not to blame, but you do it anyway. Some days you think it's anger that keeps his limbs from working and not the diabetes. He's not sweet enough anymore. Some days he'll ask for a gun, good enough to wipe his name and face from your head, good enough to abolish those quiet moments from your skull, too loud for music to crush. Some days you'll dig yourself free from the grave he left you between these estranged syllables. Someday your voice will shake loose that weight of his it carries. Some days will break you free thank you wow thank you jordan that was incredible um was that her emily's workshop this past uh winter the poetics lab yeah we had to write a palinode and we had to take one of poems we wrote previously so i took uh, this poem i wrote called nicola tess of compulsion yeah nice thank you <laughs> great great job with it uh the original work um i've been seeing a lot of teslas on the road lately sorry just incidentally <laughs> i don't know i don't know about uh, tesla but they are beautiful cars i have to say not as beautiful as that poem however um i believe this is the last poem by our uh trusty indefatigable office manager jay eason who has put together this wonderful poem document where we can see all the poems on the page. Jay is uh, schooling Koreans in <laughs> Korea right now. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm not sure what time it is there, Jay. What time is it? It's like 1020. It's not too bad anymore. AM or AM? It looks like AM. AM. Yeah, it's AM. All right. Early morning poetry. <laughs> this seems yeah. like it was also written in AM. All right, go for it. <laughs> Okay, 
Uh, Jordan, by the way, your poem just reminded me one of my students is obsessed with thinking I have a gun. He keeps asking me and I'm just like, I don't have a gun. My, none of, no one in my family has a gun. He was asking me, oh, what are the best guns in America? And I was like, I can't tell you. And this doesn't seem like a great school conversation. So Hey, just tell that racist little Korean to shut the fuck up. <laughs> But this is 6.57 a.m. February's air chills my steering wheel and Billie Holiday's voice echoes in my speakers. Most of us probably know, but tomorrow and even today, someone will die. The news is whispering in our ears It speaks of American values. And now I wonder what American values are. Audience, do you think this body is an American value? In 2018, I took a class on fake news. I'm currently realizing how fucked up academia is, bogged down by semantics, too enclosed to do actual work. How many people died while we sat in air-conditioned classrooms, exasperated, trying to extrapolate why people's lives matter? I can't remember what I learned, but I know my coworker believes the liberal media is lying to her. Does she think America does not value her skin, her white skin? that Fox News and CNN do not work for the same cohort. The nectar from the blood orange I bought at the grocery store dribbles down my chin, dribbles down the way sap seeps down tree trunks, the way blood percolates out wounds. And right now, someone has just died. There are too many condolences to hold in worn hands. Tongues can no longer hold onto heavy words. Last summer, there were people found hanging in trees in local parks. There were Black people found hanging in trees. Black people who were once very much alive. Billie Holiday's voice screams from my speakers, and I don't think I know what a magnolia smells like. Wow, thank you, Jay. Chills. Uh, amazing poem to end on uh, to close an amazing evening of poems. There are too many condolences to hold in worn hands. Uh, beautiful. Um, you're right about academia. <laughs> you said the air conditioned classrooms exasperated, trying to extrapolate why people's lives matter. Um, Great poem. Uh, there's a reason why you work for Brooklyn Poets because you're a brilliant poet. In addition to uh, putting together amazingly airtight word documents. So uh, I'm gonna review the open mic lineup. Uh, so y'all know the names and you can vote for poem of the month. I'm gonna put the number to vote for uh, poem of the month in the chat. Give me one second in case you don't have it 
over poem of the month, 718-374-1953. In fact, while I do that, <laughs> what I'm gonna do right now is, is plug in my phone. So uh, you just heard from, from Jay Eason, because if I don't plug in my phone, I'm not gonna see the text messages for a while. Uh, yes, okay. So um, that was the brilliant Jay Eason. Before that, we had Jordan E. Franklin. Before Jordan, we heard from Samantha Marin. Before Samantha, we heard from Faye Lee, Fulton Street, Brooklyn. Uh, before that, we heard from Arthur Russell at his writer's retreat with fiction writers before, and talking about sponges. Before Arthur, we heard from, this was, Jahan Sinai Worthy, Yop Bueller. Before that, we heard from Shanice Hughes-Greenberg. Before Shanice, we heard from Jasmine T.G. Before Jasmine, Danielle Gasparo. Before Jasmine, or sorry, before Danielle, Yana Kane, the Houdini kit. Before Yana, Surendria Rao. Before Surendria, Aishvarya Aurora. Before that, I think this is Morgan Boyle. I recognize her form. Before Morgan, we heard from Todd Friedman, Emerson to Whitman, and then Friedman to Whitman. Before Todd, we heard from Bridget Duffy, Song for Infinite Blue. Before that, Harvey Sauce, The Disappeared of Argentina. Before Harvey, Hannah Donovan. Getting close to the beginning again. Before Hannah, we heard from Shane Wagner, beautiful poem for his son. Before Shane, we heard from Cassidy Gabriel, another beautiful poem. And I think we're all the way back to the beginning now. Before Cassidy, we heard from Stella Lee, Joy is a Color Yellow, uh, an amazing start to the evening. And I think before that was uh, the Vampire Bunny and Rosebud Benoni. So uh, you can't vote for Rosebud. I mean, you can, I guess. There's a free country, but it's not technically part of the open mic, so that vote wouldn't count. Um, you can vote for anyone on this list. So if somebody has one poem of the month this year, I'm not going to tell you who did because I just want you to vote for the poem that you thought was the best. But uh, you can't win twice because we want 12 different winners over the course of the year to uh to read for poem of the year honors at the end of the year but uh vote for who you like and if you read tonight you can certainly vote for yourself uh it's gonna be a hard month to vote as it always is but this month in particular seems like it will be uh both excruciatingly and joyfully difficult to vote uh for poem of the month because uh, all these poems are great and uh it's it's like a competition but it's also not really a competition because you know, it's, I don't, I, I'm sure some of you have attended Poetry Slam. Sometimes the competition can get, get over intense and, and really gross and, and make everyone feel bad. So we, we like to do this to recognize the poets, but at the same time, keep, keep the uh, competition as uh, low stress as possible uh, so that we all still appreciate the feeling of collaboration and uh, mutual enjoyment and support. Um, so uh, vote for Poem of the Month. Again, send us your selfies. If you have them, coo at brooklynpoets.org. I'll put that email again in here. Or you can just post it on Instagram. Uh, tag us at Brooklyn Poets, and uh, we'd be happy to share those. Maybe get you some followers. <laughs> My wife is always obsessing over her Instagram followers, and uh, I'm just like, 
I'm good with 1300 and whatever. <laughs> She's closing it on 2000. It's like a milestone for her. I'm like, yes, I support that. But I also just don't care how many I have. So, but uh, I know it's important to, to some people. So, uh, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll be happy to share your your photos. And we have a lot of followers at Unbroken Poets. So uh, we can, I'm sure we can get you some, some new followers. So uh, the only way that can happen though, is if you share a selfie with us or a story. So uh, please do that. Our next YOP comes your way on August 9th. Uh, some of you have probably already signed up for that. You can do that on Eventbrite or just go to brokenpost.org, go to the events page and go to the YOP. Sign up and then you got to buy your ticket on Eventbrite. That will be led by Joanna Furman, another Broken Post teacher who is leading a weekend workshop at the end of July and August. Um, that workshop will be great because Joanna is great. Um, again, we're going to keep doing these virtually. So we find an, uh, an on-site venue. Um, I had a, a thought that occurred to me about, oh, so if you didn't get to read this month, uh, I encourage you to sign up now for the open mic lineup because uh, you can, I'm sure you can see, especially those of you that were new tonight, how many regulars sign up for this because they know the drill. They sign up right away. Uh, this lineup will fill, I'm sure, by like 1 a.m. So um, don't wait until tomorrow thinking you're going to get in because you might not. So uh, we would love to hear newcomers next month. So if you are new and uh, love what you heard tonight, uh, I encourage you to sign up early. Again, the next YOP is the second Monday of the month as usual on August 9th. But in person, in the flesh, this Sunday at BASIC in Williamsburg, July 18th, we have a Broken Poets Reading Series event uh, featuring Desiree C. Bailey, Chiwan Choi, and uh, Cheryl Boyce Taylor. It's a great lineup. Uh, they've all got uh, new books. I think Chiwan's new book is, is not out yet, but it's coming out. And I don't even think you have to buy it. I think his plan is to offer it for free digitally uh, because he does that um, kind of thing. So um, if you don't know those poets, I encourage you to come out and check them out because I'm not sure how many people know those poets, but y'all should because they're great uh and uh you'll get free barbecue and my friend adam hoopengardner a famous tango teacher in new york city will be grilling because all he did during the pandemic was uh learn the finer points of grilling uh via masterclass because he got a subscription to that and that's like all he did so if you want a great burger i'm sure he will make you one um okay that is all i think uh Thanks for coming. Thanks for the chat. Looking at, uh, thanks, Danielle, for this really nice message you wrote me in the chat. I'm just reading it now. And uh, we will see you in August. Take care. There you have it. The Brooklyn Poets Yop Open Mic for July 12th, 2021. Thanks to our brilliant professor, Rosebud Benoni, for leading an amazing workshop on uh, what we might call lyrical recklessness. This was a snapshot of the seven-week work, seven workshop she's been leading on this subject called Those Days of Being Wild. In fact, uh, she just started a second section of this workshop because the first one sold out. And the second one sold out too. So Rosebud is currently leading, or I should say concurrently leading two workshops called Those Days of Being Wild for Brooklyn Poets. 
Congrats to our beloved office manager, Jay Eason, for winning Poem of the Month in July for their terrific poem, 6.57 a.m., the final poem of the evening. Uh, powerful poem, and I'm sure no one could forget it since it was the last one, and that's the one they took with them uh, through the rest of their night. So Jay has earned a spot in our Poem of the Year Smackdown coming your way in December, December 13th is I think when we have it penciled in to our calendar, which is going to be the date of our awards gala this December. Uh, I have announcements, but uh, I am recording this podcast early, so uh, there's no point in me making the announcements because these events will already be over by the time we publish this. Uh, my wife and I are going to France on July 19th, and uh, I'm doing all this ahead of time so I don't have to bring this equipment with me to France, which would obviously be inconvenient. Uh, but uh, we do have our first in-person event this Sunday, the Sunday to come, and this will be in your past as you're listening to this, but on July 18th we're having a reading at BASIC in Williamsburg featuring Desiree C. Bailey, Chiwan Choi, and uh, Cheryl Boyce-Taylor. Hopefully that goes well, and hopefully then it did go well in your past. <laughs> this really is probably more confusing than it is amusing. Uh, but if you are listening to this when we do publish it, uh, we are about to promote a craft lab with Jericho Brown. That's coming your way on Sunday, August 15th. And fall workshops will open for registration in uh, the second week of August after I get back from France. So you have that to look forward to. Until then, be well. Our next yop is on August 9th with Joanna Furman. That'll be the day after I get back from France, and I'm sure I'll be a little jet-lagged. We're going to continue to do these virtually, so that one will be on Zoom. We are looking for a venue partner. We are working on it, and hopefully by September or October, we can do these again in person. Although, you know, the COVID rates are going up again because people are not getting vaccinated, so uh, we will see what happens this fall. Okay, uh, be well, be safe, and uh, we will see you in August. Thanks.